Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have the return of our mailbag segment for everyone and some NWSL news and notes that we have to get through. Before we get into all of that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can also head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to never miss a new video and interview or whenever we go live. Plus, you can catch great extended NWSL highlights. Head on over to youtube.com slash attacking third and hit subscribe. Lisa, how are you doing this midweek? I, I'm okay, Sandra. I'm really pumped for the NWSL playoffs that are coming. I can't believe that this regular season is over. It, it was a long season, uh, but it was a great season, and it's done. And now we hit the playoffs, and these teams feel ready. Um, it was a very exciting end to the regular season, and I'm pumped to answer some mailbag questions with you today. How are you? How's life in Chicago? getting cold getting darker you know day after day um but you know what i'll take it there's something about and and you'll maybe relate to this a little bit because you know you've got um history you know in in the midwest as a, as a marquette gal and uh you know there's something about the midwest when like the f- deep fall hits it's like there's a change in the weather it's a little bit more crisp in the air playoff season for a lot of different sports it's like a good energy you know so i'll, I'll take it it's uh it's a bummer that we're about to be hitting daylight savings and it's just getting oh. darker and darker every day but you know what i'll take it if it means all the other good stuff uh as well so let's get into it it's playoff it's playoff week lisa Ooh. and that's just going to be on our mind this entire week and in this entire month quite frankly we're not gonna stop we refuse to lose that energy quick Playoff plug for everybody. The playoffs begin this week. Going to be taking place on Sunday, November the 7th. Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern is Chicago Red Stars versus Gotham FC. Number four versus number five. Taking place at SeatGeek Stadium on CBS Sports Network. Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, it is Washington Spirit versus North Carolina Courage. Number three versus number six at Audie Field. And you can find that on Paramount+. Plus. It is an exciting time quarterfinals then there will be semifinals on november the 14th the championship will air on big network cbs on november 20th at lynn family stadium in louisville kentucky at 12 noon eastern take a look at it get your tickets if you can ideally i know we're excited about that and we're taking a look into all that uh but lisa let's uh let's get into maybe some of this content now that we've sort of got the the 101 the the info for the playoffs out the way as of right now before we start answering questions, uh, there was a bit of news that, that happened this week, and we were excited about it uh, because at this point, she's like a friend of the pod. Uh, Karina LeBlanc, recently named New Portland Thorns General Manager, former Canadian International, five World Cups, two Olympics, has 
played in the NWSL for three years and all of the other previous uh, women's professional leagues in the United States. Uh, she had a season under her belt with, with Portland Thorns, and uh, she was uh, head of uh, women's football over at CONCACAF since 2018. And now she's transitioning into this role. And she joined us recently on an episode of Attacking Third to talk about her potential big plans, her high hopes, her high goals for the club uh, and the league moving forward. I really enjoyed that, Lisa, when we got to chat with her. It was a really great conversation. I mean, uh, overall, we now we can talk a little more candid about it because Karina is not here, but um, probably one of the best people that I could think to slide into a managerial front office role for a club like Portland Thorns that is really one of the best clubs in the league. They, they won the Shield this year. They're number one in the standings heading into the playoffs. Um, uh, just so many good moving pieces and, and parts there. Um, when you think back to everything that they've been through on the field this year, like Olivia Moultrie being the youngest player um, at that club who got time on the pitch, became the youngest starter, the youngest player in the NWSL, had to jump through a few legal hoops there. Um but uh, like you mentioned, Sandra, we know Karina pretty well. We've had the pleasure of speaking with her a number of times. And she is a, a woman that just wants soccer all the time for everyone to be fun, to be equal, to be growing constantly. And that's that's really what we talked to her about in our chat that everyone should go listen to and watch on YouTube, um, that every single role that she had up until this point was uh, in a position to grow the game of, of soccer and grow the women's side of the game, uh, no matter what she did. And after she retired from the game, she knew that wasn't it for her. And she, she became involved on the other side of things as a leader. And I think, I think I think when she talks about certain things and she talks about her energy for this position and for promoting women's soccer um, and, and women's football, you can kind of get a sense that she was like goalkeeper leader person on the team. It really, it's so crazy to see that seamless transition for her from being a goalkeeper, having the whole field in front of her and, and the vision of the field being a loud goalkeeper, being a leader on teams and, and, running teams and having younger players look up to her. And now she's in this position where younger players and players in the league are looking up to her and saying, wait, you're now being a GM of a team. I can do that. That's, that's a, a path I can look forward to because so many of these players know that they can't play the game forever. <clears throat> and, and the idea that what could come next is sometimes a bit daunting for players and to know that they can stay not only involved in, in soccer, but in the NWSL and run stuff as a GM of a team. Heck yeah. So I'm pumped for Karina LeBlanc. I think, I think this role is really big for her and it comes at such a pivotal time in the league when so many things are changing and, uh, there a lot needs to be changed and a lot needs to be redone and reorganized and who better than to uh, put on the, the cap to lead the way than Karina, honestly. Yeah. I hear you on that. It was delightful talking to her and, and you're absolutely right. That was probably one of my favorite parts uh, of the conversation was how she was sharing some of the reaction along, along with her own reaction to the news going public and uh People can feel free to stat check me on this, but you know we did talk about it a little bit, and that it's going to make her the the second former NWSL player mm -hmm. to be to hold a, the role of of general manager. But 
to my understanding, she will be the first black woman uh, to be to be in that role. And for her to, to come on the show and talk about that, the reaction to that, how people are already looking to that as sort of this kind of breakthrough uh, in the industry, let's just say, uh, and how necessary that is. And then you don't really like you don't realize that that's the case until it finally happens. And that sort of sits and resonates with people in a in a bit of a different way. So I, um, you know, I wish her lots of success. Um, it's not an easy role uh, to be in by any means at all. Um, and I'm sure we'll be covering it. I'm sure she'll uh, come on the show once once more in, in, the, in the future if, if she likes. But um, we'll be covering Karina LeBlanc in, in, a, in a different angle moving forward for sure. Yeah. And I think something else that's really important that she talked to us about is this whole idea of transparency in the league right now is something that there wasn't at the start of the season. Heck, there wasn't even a month ago. And now the NWSL is trying to have a bit more transparency thanks to the players asking for it. Um, and and she told us that she flew to Portland and she met with the players in their locker room before their game, before they found this out on Twitter before they read that they had a new GM and, and she met with them and she walked into their locker room and their training rooms and said, hi, I'm here. I want to be your GM. Like, what do you guys think about this? And that to me is such a huge step forward in this league and for Portland um, that, that because this is, they are her employees and, and their co-workers in a sense. And now that the players understand who is leading their club is Karina LeBlanc. And I, I, frankly, the fact that some clubs find out news, some players find out news about their clubs on Twitter after training is ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous to me. So the fact that she even had to proactively be like, I need to go meet them before they read this somewhere else. Like that's so big, but it shouldn't be so big. And the fact that she's already doing that and already off to the, on the right foot in that sense, I think that's really huge. And that just says a lot about where the future is going for women's soccer, especially in the NWSL. Here. Absolutely. It was a great interview. I hope uh, people take the time to, to take a look at it. You can, again, you can head on over to our YouTube page for the exclusive interview that we had with Karina LeBlanc from this week over at youtube.com slash attacking third. Lisa, I'm very excited to get back to our mailbag segment because we had to kind of put it to the side for a little bit after the last month or so with all of the stuff happening surrounding NWSL, but we are finally going to get back into it. And we're going to take more than one question because we actually have time this week, believe it or not. For yeah, more these than episodes one. are supposed to be news and notes and mailbag. And there's just been so much, much news, news. <laughs> so much go. news that we just haven't had time to answer your questions, but we see them and we're getting to them today. And we're getting them. And I love that we're getting them. So we're finally going to uh, step into the mailbag segment and answer a few of those right after a quick break. We can't wait. Return of the mailbag segment. I love that the return of the mailbag segment is coming on Dia de Muertos. The day that we're recording this, I love that it is it is coming back. It's coming back to visit us. Uh, kind of similar. It's, it's appropriate. Uh, happy uh, Feliz Dia de los Muertos to anybody who is uh, celebrating or remembering their, their loved ones lost today. Let's get into this mailbag segment. We try to, to filter through these because we've been asking our wonderful listeners for questions. And let me tell you, y'all understood the assignment because you're delivering. <laughs> we, you know, we got it. It's almost like, oh no, we really got to get to some of these. So we've been able to 
to take a look at them. We've been seeing them coming through on the uh, Apple Podcasts uh, rating system where we ask uh, all of our listeners to head on over there. Because if you have a question um, and you would like us to answer a question or, or discuss a, a topic, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review with that question, and we will answer it. So here we are taking a look at some today uh let, let's jump into this first one we we filtered through them and we hope people are excited to hear the ones that we have uh, selected for this segment this first one is coming from michelle underscore uh mcg uh excellent and informative and entertaining uh, love this podcast thanks so much to sandra and lisa uh, for your commenting commentary and insight we'll love to sit down and watch a match with either of these two ladies question could yes. you discuss the details of allocations and also the draft system or point out a resource uh to explain how these work what a great question uh from from michelle take it away lisa yeah, this is a fantastic question. Um, we get so many questions, but this one is very like, can you explain this to me? I don't get it, which I I understand. It's very confusing. Um, so this year is special for the NWSL because it is an expansion year. There are two new teams coming into the league, uh, Angel City FC in LA and then San Diego NWSL. So because of that, in addition to the yearly college draft where Players in college um, or in high school, really, they can submit their name to be drafted. Uh, there's also going to be an expansion draft that happens before that. Um, so it is set for December 16th. It's where Angel City and San Diego will uh, really start formulating their teams and start gathering players for their teams. Kansas City, uh, the current, exciting to say that, they are exempt from this expansion draft. So they will not have players being selected uh, per an agreement for when Kansas City, the club, was established. But the nine other clubs in the league, they will submit a list of protected and unprotected players um, a few days before the actual draft. So what that means is teams, all the other teams in the league, they can protect up to nine players on their roster, nine players. And that is only including one U.S. allocated player. So that this was part of your question, allocated players. Um, this is a little tricky. So there are U.S. allocated players, and then there's just regular allocated players. So United States allocated players means that their salaries are not paid for by the NWSL or by the club that they represent. Instead, their salaries are paid for by the U.S. Soccer Federation because they are national team players. Um, there's a lot of them in this league. I, I mean, I think Chicago has some of the most on them. Tierna Davidson, Julie Ertz, Alyssa Nair, Mal Pugh, I believe she is as well. Uh, Jane Campbell, Kristen U.S., Sam U.S., they're all ones. Lynn Williams, Alex Morgan, Rose Lavelle, Sophia Smith, Margaret Purse. I think she's on that list for this season. Uh, Kelly O'Hara, Andy Sullivan, Emily Sonnet. Like, there's a lot of them. You can Google that list. U.S. allocated players in the NWSL. So each team can only protect one of their U.S. allocated players. So when you look at Chicago, let's just use, for example, Sandra, Tina Davidson, Julia, it's Alyssa Nair, Mallory Pugh. Um, those are their U.S. allocated players. They can only protect one of them. Um, so the other ones must be unprotected and basically eligible for the draft. There's also this term called discovery players in the NWSL, which means if you're on a discovery list, it means that 
you don't have a contract with your current team that you are playing with, whether you're a practice player or whatever that may be, um, those discovery players cannot be drafted in this expansion draft. So they are also exempt from the draft and they don't need to be protected or unprotected. So that opens up spots for some other players to be protected, basically. Um, so uh, those are just like a little bit of the factors. And then heading up to this expansion draft, teams need to make the league and San Diego and Angel City aware of any players that will not be eligible to play come January 1st, 2022. So whether it's due to injury, due to retirement, um, or if they're on loan, just a number of different reasons why a player would not be able to play, you have to make that known so they can't be drafted in the expansion draft and then ineligible to play or they're like, actually, I'm retiring so much for nothing. Um, so that is, that's like the main overview of that. So Angel City and San Diego on December 16th, they will do their expansion draft where they select one player from each team. So nine selections total, because there is nine teams involved. Kansas city is out of the running for this. Um, and then angel city and San Diego, those allocated players, they can only select one select more than one. That's it. They can't do more than one. It's only one. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts. And if you write all this out and you kind of look at the rosters, it's, it's tricky who they can pick and who they can't. So the teams get to submit their protected and unprotected list to the league and to the teams. And then five or six days later, they come together and do this expansion draft. Um, there's also allocation money that's thrown into the mix here. So Angel City and San Diego, they get $150,000 of funded allocation money. It's a grant that they either get to keep or they can trade that and exchange it for an unprotected U.S. allocated player. So many moving parts. I hope I tried to explain this for you. Sandra, anything you want to add in here? This is This is just for the expansion draft too, not involving the college draft yet. The only thing that I'm going to add here is is stay tuned because believe it or not, you know, we've been, <laughs> we've been following whether it was the NWSL draft in the beginning of this year in 2021, the year prior in 2020, looking at the expansion draft from Louisville, looking at the expansion draft uh, to these next two teams entering the league. There's been constant changes. Yes. Constant. That is and the one. Will be more. So there, who knows? Like as, as that comes closer, as that, deadline as that day comes near whether it's the expansion draft or even the nwsl draft uh these could change you know uh, we're just operating or answering uh with the information that is currently present and available at this time but that that's all i'll add on that is that even though we just answered this right now lisa there's there's a possibility that we might have to uh <laughs> dive in and answer it again and as these changes come, which I'm sure there will, and new rules are made or, or exempt, exempt, exemptions are being made, uh, we'll fill you guys in too. So stay tuned with us because we'll always give you the news and, and the updates on what's happening. But um, that's it for now. That's that's the rules and the details of all of that info as of today. Yep. 
Uh, let's move on to our, our next question. This is actually like a player specific question. So these are always uh, kind kind of fun. Uh, this comes from uh, NGN14136. Uh, they did, they're they talking about they're bringing up uh, Morgan Gutra, uh in, in this question, sort of saying that uh, fans and media members have uh, largely att- uh, attributed Morgan Gutra's exclusion from the national team due to lack of consistency or lack of playing time. Um, also goes on to say very few fans and media members are recognizing her and almost no one is strongly advocating for her to be called up to the national team. Uh, and uh, continues to ask, uh, why do the fans and media continue to ignore Morgan Gatraw? So I guess I will just take this in parts, Lisa. Uh, first of all, we can't speak to, to fans. That's for fans to do. Fans can yeah. go and talk and, and uh, you know, debate that, you know, with each other on the various and or appropriate platforms to talk about that. But in terms of uh, uh, the media angle, I'll just say... Um, Quite frankly, it is not the media's job to advocate for anybody to be on the national team, number one. Um, number two, the the job is to watch this league, watch uh, many teams, many players, uh, and talk about those performances. Um, and I, again, can we can only speak a little bit on attacking third. Uh, I know we've been talking about Morgan Gutra. I can't speak, again, I can't speak about any other, I personally can't speak about any other media outlets, but I know at Attacking Third, we have talked about Morgan Gutra almost too much, probably if you ask some other and people. And there was a stint this season that she wasn't playing and she got injured. A couple, a, a little bit there, yeah. But I know, uh, you know, we were we were big on, on Morgan Gutra talking about her sort of post-Olympics, you know, because obviously there was a lot of discussion there coming out of the Olympics and, and what does that look like in the midfield and blah, blah, blah. And we, we were on this podcast and, and with saying- myself, Lori Lindsay, talking about players like Andy Sullivan, talking about players like Morgan Gutra, that she is someone who should probably still be cons- in consideration within that pool, considering the, the age range that midfielders are in right now. And um, when she wasn't playing and she took that little injury with Chicago, we were questioning her absence. We were recognizing that. We were like, they are missing her in the midfield right now. Um, yeah. So, at this yeah, and uh, you know, we've got, uh, it, it's a playoffs, right? And it's, it's end of season. So there's all kinds of, uh, there's going to be even more chatter, right? About mm-hmm. things like uh, players who have been, who have had significant roles for their teams. And we've got already, I've got something out on CBS sports, which I put out already like a, a little while ago talking about potential MVP candidates that are not attackers, you know, because this was a, a very unique year in which the golden boot was uh, going to be kind of a low score. Probably we knew it was going to be the lowest amount of goals, maybe than years prior. And that's true. Uh, Ashley Hatch with 10. And prior to that, I think it was uh, 12 or 11 goals mm-hmm. uh, in the golden boot. So in a year where the finishing is still kind of, you know building itself back up it's like this is an ideal year more than ever to to have conversations about mvp candidates and guess what morgan gatra is on cbssports.com as as one of those players uh that we are talking about so i can't again i can't speak for fans and we can't even really speak for other media outlets but uh here at attacking third we've been talking about it for a little while so uh here's to uh fans continuing those debates moving forward because eventually there will be those individual awards coming out and we'll have more on that but one more question before we close this out, Lisa, and we love this one. This one comes from Christian Zero B or Christian Zero B. Uh, how excited are you to come and visit us in Louisville for the NWSL Championship? Love the show, Lisa. We we were excited when, when a for the NWSL Championship having a finalized date, and then even when it got relocated from Portland to Louisville, we said, "Hey, 
that's what's up. We were really excited about it. Heck yeah. This is huge. Um, I love that the final is in the championship is being held in Louisville at Lynn Family Stadium. Um, knowing that Racing Louisville itself is an expansion club and they were a new club this year in the league. And although they're not in the final I, or in the playoffs even, I think it makes it a little bit better because the players and and Louisville can show the rest of the league and, and really the rest of the world why they are a soccer city. And why they've put so many resources into building Racing Louisville into being a great NWSL club and the facilities they've built. Um, I know Michelle Betos has said a number of times that the facilities in Louisville are fantastic and she feels like a pro. The training facilities, the, the practice fields that they have, the stadium that they have, the locker rooms, everything is just beautiful. Um, so I think that the fact that the championship is being held there is so huge. And it speaks wonders on this league that a club can come in in their first year and make an impact and say, we can host this championship. We can host the biggest game of the year. Um, so yeah, I'm, I am pumped. I am pumped that it is in Louisville. Um, Sandra, what about you? Are you, you happy to have it there? Listen, I know when Louisville entered the league, there was a lot of debate about Midwest, South, question marks. And I think it's it's pretty, if you're in Kentucky, it's it's pretty clearly the South. But for somebody who's in the Midwest, local it's to Chicago. It's in the Midwest. It, someone who's, who's in, in, in the Midwest, North Midwest, we'll just say that, of Chicago, I was thrilled. I was like, that's a that's under a five-hour drive. The, the Midwestern in me came out and was like, that's a simple under five hour uh drive. So we'll we'll see. There's still a lot, there's a lot of moving parts, right, Lisa, that mm -hmm. come into play when it's uh, uh about figuring out how to get uh to, to travel and how to get to your location and, and how that's gonna look like. So when we have more information on that, obviously uh we'll we'll share it. But uh, we are excited for the NWSL championship to be uh hosted by uh racing Louisville FC at Lynn Family Stadium. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a good event. Uh we're we're all hyped for it. Um, we've also gotten a number of questions about uh, most improved player, uh, MVP, thoughts on player personnel this year. And we we love all of these questions. <laughs> keep them keep them coming, even though we're doing them bunches at a time. Uh, but we did want to let everybody know that we will actually have an entire episode that will answer all of these questions for you. And we're actually going to be giving out our very own attacking third player awards for the season. So shout out to Joanna GR1217, who said, love the podcast. If the NWSL had a most improved player award, who would be on your list and win it for 2021? We love Loved it, Joanna. You sparked it for us. We're going to have an episode talking about all of this stuff. So stay tuned. Uh, we're, we love answering questions from all of you, our listeners. If Again, if you have questions and you would like us to, to answer them or perhaps a topic that you would like us to discuss, uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review with your question and we will answer it. I got to hit you all with the info one more time. The, pl the playoffs start on Sunday, everybody. Once again, Chicago is hosting Gotham at 3 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Washington Spirit hosting North Carolina at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. NWSL Championship is going to take place November 20th at Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville, Kentucky. It's going to air on CBS. Get your ticket at nwslsoccer.com slash championship. Thank you all so much for listening today. 
Another reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, Lisa and I will answer it during our mailbag segment. And we're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third. We will be back Friday with a full quarterfinal playoff preview for you all. And more in the playoff buildup for Sandra Vera and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking